Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Southpaw, directed by Antoine Fuqua and released in 2015. I hope I pronounced his last name right. The plot of the movie goes something like this. After a series of personal tragedies, a professional boxer hits rock bottom and must work to earn back his career, his family, and his self-respect, all in the span of about three months. This is, Katie will go on and on about this. Well, it bothered me. <sighs> you, the time span bothered you. I, I was not bothered by it. But it do, it, I, when, if you do logically think it out, it is a very short frame of time frame to go from, spoiler alert, being on top of the boxing world, winning 43 matches in a row, losing your wife, your home, all your money, your daughter. <laughs> and your career. And then coming back again within about four months. Yeah. See, I, I, even if it was over like the course of a year, I would be cool with it. Mm. But it's so fast. Everybody basically gives up on him after one fight that he loses. One yeah. fight. After the death of his wife. And then he punches a guy and they'll go, why did he do that? Oh, I don't know, baby, because his wife was brutally murdered two months ago. Yeah. Like, it's so insane. Yeah. I mean, it, I know it has to be extreme, but I think it, it's the, it's the, real extremity of it that kind of irritated me where it was like it's such a compressed time frame and he goes from literally on top of the world to having basically nothing well like i thought that was i don't know i'd like the hype drama of that and i also thought it was important that the kind of precariousness of that situation of being professional sports person of being a celebrity all that stuff was really underscored by how quickly it could all go away like it's all but it does go away like it's one of those things where I, and I do this a lot. I will watch the movie and I'm like, where's that one commentator who's like, oh, this is understandable given the recent death of his wife. Maybe he should get some counseling or like the one person yeah. who is saying that stuff. Well, where is that person? Because it's interesting because the, um, you sort of see the rules around boxing. Like the doctor has to check him in fights and there's a lot of, there's clearly, it's clearly a highly regulated sport, right? He gets banned for a year for punching someone who's not his opponent. Like there's, a, there's very strict rules in place, there's very strict boundaries in the sport but there's nobody in the sport saying this guy has been through an awful tragedy his wife died as a result of an altercation with this guy maybe we should firstly keep those guys apart for as long as possible and also maybe support him through whatever he's going through like instead of i mean I, instead yeah, of what they yeah. do but i mean the, i mean the point though is is important is that uh he was the it's a kind of that entourage thing of like he was everybody's meal ticket and then suddenly he wasn't and so they all you know rats on a sinking ship kind of thing yeah i do understand that but even like people like the judge who overhears his case that was also crazy to me because he's only really been acting badly for like a month mm. maybe from what we can tell well, i mean he's been in jail twice and stuff we've heard that yeah i know but not for a long time and also they they put him in jail for drinking and for um having a loaded weapon but I'm pretty sure having a loaded weapon when there's a kid around in America is not illegal. Um, I I don't know. So, I mean, he didn't – there was no actual child abuse because they couldn't make him a bad guy. In in that particular sense, it was neglect in that he didn't seem like the babysitter was there and he was the only adult present and all I that. I know, but it was only one incident, right? As far uh, as we can yeah. tell. This is what I mean by the condensed time And frame. again, it has to be heightened and things have to happen that – probably in real life he would have gotten more chances and all that sort of stuff. 
I think it just kind of frustrates me because the rest of the movie was quite realistic and quite good. So that really kind of ruined my suspension of disbelief a lot when I realized, because I, I was kind of like, at least I could justify it in my head as being a longer time. But then I would look at his eye and his eye was still swollen from the last fight he'd had. And I'm like, this can't be more than a month later. After that fight, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I I liked the movie so much. I sort of didn't let that bother me. Um, I was I liked it so much buy, that it bothered me more. I was willing to buy into that because the drama, the extremity of where he goes from to and where he comes back to is kind of that's the whole point of the story to me. But it was so well done. Yeah, that and that stuff. That's the thing. That's so why well it put together. Me, I think. I think that's why it frustrates me more is that it's so good that like the unbelievability of that mm. pisses me off more. It's like everybody is against him mm. and that doesn't strike me as like there's there's not anybody who's just sort of like, hey, maybe you should get counselling. Well, I mean, there's that one friend who's – Yeah, but even he doesn't out. say, like, well, no, maybe you should get counselling. That's because he's from the street. He doesn't have any money himself. People – Yeah. Like working class people don't get counselling. But he's not – like he's surrounded by people who aren't working. Even the people who are like – Regulating yeah. the boxing, you would think none of them sort of go. Yeah, he he would. You would think that he would be put if, in court mandate or, or like boxing federation mandated treatment. Exactly, programs or that's whatever. what they do when they do this sort of stuff, right? You see it all the time. Yeah, okay, that that's fine. But can we talk about the movie now? <laughs> yeah, on, on its merits, like but I get. That, that. How is silly. that not a mer- merit of the movie? <laughs> well, it is, but like, it just seems petty. Of all the things to talk about, like that seems very you know that petty. I get fixated on things. Yeah, I know. I know. But did you like the movie, though? Did you enjoy it? Yes. I realized when I was like, when we were like three quarters into it, that I was pretty much enjoying it. I was, because I was into the story. Mm. And I did. I was really sold on the emotions of it. And I think a lot of that rests on Jake Gyllenhaal's shoulders. He did a really good job. Mm. And so, like, I was really invested. And I think, um, little Una Chaplin. Wasn't she amazing? Uh, Una Chaplin's Chaplin's the older one. Una Lawrence, Um, who I feel like I've seen in something else. I was going to look her up and I forgot to. Um, Una Lawrence, yeah. Yeah. She was quite good. and they She was amazing. They did a good job together. Uh, She's from Penny Dreadful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how old she is. I guess like eight, ten. I I guessed nine or ten when I was watching. She was amazing. Like for a kid that age to have that level of nuance and – like emotion and she just did an amazing job. Yeah. So I thought, I mean, but again, there were very like uh, extreme reactions. Like one minute it's, I want to stay with dad sobbing, crying. And then, and then a month later. It's, no, it's not even a month later. He gets to see her way before that. Oh, right. It's yeah, like yeah, a it's week like every later. week. Yeah. And she's like, no, I and don't want anything to do with exactly. you. Exactly. So it is, it's very extreme, <laughs> but she does a good job with it. Yeah, um, and does. so I did like the emotions of it, and I thought Jake Gyllenhaal put in a good performance. And I think the pacing was really nice. Mm. Um, I think we got just enough of him at the top of his of his game to understand what that was like, yeah, and what his relationship with his wife was like, which was also helped by having an actress as good as Rachel McAdams in that role. Yeah. Um, and then I wasn't really angry about the fridging. Yeah. Like I think they handled it quite well, mm. and I think the way that they handled her memory and stuff was quite good realistic and quite realistic exactly yeah well because it also like because she was so much his support system yeah her and the daughter were, were all his re- like the real support that he had right and there is a lot of stuff of him coming from the streets i do kind of wonder why he had to be white while everybody else around him in this movie isn't yeah. apart from his wife and daughter i did think that was interesting as well because i think this is 
uh, and I know we were talking earlier about how apparently this was written for Eminem and he was like, you know, how he is about his I'm white and I'm from the streets kind of stuff. But I think this could very easily have been a black man's story. And in fact, the boxer that he based himself on is um, Latino. Mm. So I think it would See, the weird thing made is- more sense if it actually was a, a man of colour in the lead, but, you know. It weirdly also would have made more sense if it was Eminem in the lead. Well, yes, because we bring, but, yeah. but also because we bring that history into it as yeah, well. exactly. And yet I know that Jake Gyllenhaal was much better in the movie than mm. Eminem would have been. So you kind of – Yeah, Cause, but there is like a broader story about in, inner city young men of whatever race, but, I mean, obviously inner city young men often means black men or Latino men – and boxing and the, the what the sport and the discipline can do for them and how it gets men out. There's a lot of men who get out of poverty because of boxing. I think there's an interesting broader social story there. Yeah. Um, well, so, thinking, and, it, and it doesn't mean it couldn't happen to a white guy. I, yeah, it doesn't mean that, but it also means that it feels a little bit like a non-white guy story being co-opted yeah, by a white especially guy. Especially as the coaches and the um, managers and all that. There are so many black men and, and Latino men involved. Yeah. And why is the big bad, you know, so and so Escobar, Miguel Escobar, like yeah. who? By the way, casual racism on that yeah. front. Is he? His his wife was Rita Ora. The no, woman. no, that was somebody else's wife. That was Hector's wife. I, I thought that, but then in the credits, she's credited as so and so Escobar. Oh, so maybe that maybe Hector yeah, is anyway. His, maybe. Wait, this would make sense for the movie, and this would make me understand the movie much better. What if Hector is Miguel's actual brother? Hector is the one who shot. Yes, Rachel yes, McAdams. yes, yes, he is. It's she's Hector's wife. Yep. And okay. yeah, okay. So right, uh, right. Right. So anyway. um and and yeah, I it there's a there's this casual racism towards the end of the movie mm. where the two guys keep talking about how he's Colombian mm-hmm. when they're talking about him. Most Colombian boxers are bigger guys, but this guy's a smaller guy. And you're like so all guys all from the- Colombia who do boxing are the same. And all the talk about um Jake Gyllenhaal's character was about his wife and about his particular fighting style and stuff, and the other guy gets, uh, you're Colombian? Yeah, and you get a bit of the Hell's Kitchen stuff as well in there, mm. which I was sensitive to because of Daredevil. And and he gets a proper backstory with all that Hell's Kitchen stuff in there. And Miguel is like just this – Actually, they, bad guy? Yeah, they do – he reminds me a bit of the way they do Tybalt in Romeo plus Juliet. Does that does it make you think of that, that, that Latino bad guy thing? I just – there's a bit of yeah. – as part of me just kind of goes, mm, it's a bit of a cliche. Well, that was interesting because um, Tybalt and Romeo and Juliet, John Leguizamo specifically brought in kind of like a flamenco thing mm. to his character, which I thought was really interesting. I, I like Romeo and Juliet. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I, I love it too, it. which is why I was – but it, that particular racialized characterization of Yeah, the I villain. did think that was – I mean, that was kind of this this movie's racism. And mm. they, they kind of – the thing is, there's a lot of good guys who aren't white too, because pretty much everybody in this movie is not white except for the lead, the lead character and his, and his wife family. And his daughter, which even even his wife and daughter could have not been white. Like, why did that have to family mm-hmm. have to be white while everybody else isn't? It just struck me as particularly kind of it. It, it really sticks out. Yeah, because it's like they wanted like a studio wanted to put in these big name act, white actors into it. And we've, we've and a, yet that's not the case no. because it was Eminem at first. Right. He's not and, really and a big name studio No, actor. and he sort of obviously got it together, the production together and stuff like that. And the, the director is black, so we do get a lot better idea of diversity in the background, but why aren't we having diversity in the foreground as well? Which is yeah. interesting. I thought it was shot really nicely. Oh, there's yeah. A, there's a fantastic shot of 
uh, in the final fight when Jake Gyllenhaal is sitting down and it's like the news camera panning in, but then it changes to the the film camera and yeah, it goes yeah. up above him. Mm-hmm. That was terrific. I really loved that shot. Mm. Um, I liked the use of the soundtrack, even though I got a bit sick of hearing Eminem. Yes. Which would have, again, been different had... See, I didn't know. Well, well I think I, I knew at either. some point at the back of my mind. I didn't either. I was just like, oh, Eminem was clearly, you know, wanted to be involved in the soundtrack. Yeah. But I was more thinking because it was, a, it was James Horner's last score and all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, did they, you know, pull in Eminem last minute to kind of fill in some spaces or, you know, but obviously not. They had him planned. But anyway, yeah, uh, I was, yeah, I, w- I was a bit sick of it too. But at the same time, I was also like, you know, this is it does give a good sense of place and people. it does. But I think again, why is it race, a white guy, <laughs> right? Which if, when it was Eminem makes all this sense that the final product doesn't because well, I mean, even Eminem it deserves a bit of questioning as to why the white guy gets like, he gets so much more attention and all that kind of stuff than like ten black guys doing exactly the same thing. It does, but it would have been a movie that mirrored his own story much more. Yeah. And it, it just, the change meant that it was a better acted movie, but also it doesn't mm. have that same kind of, and I think it would have been more racially um, aware mm. somehow to have Eminem in it. Yes, yes. Okay. Whereas it isn't with Jake Gyllenhaal in it. No. Um, See, I, yeah, it's, uh, I was so swept up in the emotion of it all. Now that I start to think about it, it's it starts to bother me. And, and now now that you pointed out the whole conflated timeline also bothers me. But, like, yeah, now that, now that I start to think about it, I'm getting annoyed. But it was beautifully done. Like, it was yeah. beautifully shot and beautifully acted and really carries you along with that story. That last fight, I'm not – I mean, like all good sports movies, it's not about the sport. But that last fight, I was so into it yeah. and I was counting the minutes and I was like, what round are we on? And I, I cared about the sport of it and the the result. And yeah. I think you and, really and I think care. There was something for me in that like I was like, I just really hope he doesn't flip out. Yeah. You know, there's this kind of tension of just mm. like it doesn't matter if he wins or not, but just have him get through the match yeah. like being calm and having exactly. learned his lesson and and that's kind of what's great about this movie is the personal journey that his character goes on mm. and he manages to do it all with this very reticent uh very ineloquent kind of performance performance yeah uh but like i like, haven't seen raging bull but it seems like this is his raging bull <laughs> like it's it's very ba- you know pared back yeah but you know it's not going to get I I just I'm very cynical about Jake Gyllenhaal and the Oscars at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Because also this has kind of been dumped in, in a time like August and September, and there's been hardly any anything. But that's when Nightcrawler came out too. Yeah, it's sad. So I think this is this is why Jake Gyllenhaal isn't getting this attention for these movies is that they're dumping his movies in the period mm. of time when nobody goes to see the movies yeah, um, or Which nobody is, really cares about them or remembers them by the time the Oscars come out. And it's funny around. because it's like it's a – I mean, Antoine Fuqua is a big-name director. He made Training Day. That got Denzel his Oscar. Like, mm-hmm. he's not – this is not a newbie director. He's been yeah, around Yeah, but we all know Denzel Washington didn't win the Oscar for Training Day. No, but, anyway. but you know what I mean. Like, this is not – this is a director who's been around for a while and knows his stuff mm. and knows the business and this Mon is Black not Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He would be great for Black Panther. This movie looks terrific. Mm. And he obviously can do fight scenes really well. He can handle the emotional stuff really well. Yeah. This seeing this movie, I was like, yeah, that's the guy for Black Panther. I do you know, I thought the same thing. <laughs> I was like I really wanted it to be a woman and obviously um Ava DuVernay has pulled out or she didn't, didn't accept it. Yeah. She met with them, she didn't accept it. Which might but, have changed recently with the shakeup with uh 
um, Marvel, Feige and Perlmutter, but, but that's beside the point. <laughs> I was I w- would like it to be have been a woman, but I think he could do a really good job on Black mm. Panther if if he were willing to stoop to a Marvel movie, and I'm sure he's probably willing to stoop to a Marvel movie. And in fact, we have constant discussions about like hot young directors getting thrust into hundred million dollar movies. Maybe it's time to thrust someone who's done who's got 20 25 years of experience behind him into a hundred million dollar movie instead of some guy who's just had one movie yeah exactly so but, let's but, talk about the movie sorry yes the movie which i naomi loved harris. i loved naomi harris was great oh, how yes she was amazing as the social worker and how nice is that social worker because she takes the little girl to her dad's boxing match and sits in the in the dressing room dressing with room with her at late at night like, I, I this really is clearly something her. that she doesn't have to do for her yeah. job. I really liked her because Jake Gyllenhaal's character and his wife have come Billy up. Billy Hope. Billy. And in the system, right, and the system is seen as this horrible, terrible place, which is they're institutionalized. But Naomi Harris's character, this woman, this worker, she's really good at her job. She's yeah. really careful about, like, she always gets consent from the child before she does anything. She's really good about... Like she does everything she can and she's doing the best she can and she's good. And mm. so, like, the system is made up of people and she's a good person and she's doing what she can. So I think that was a good lesson as well in that the system that he came up in is not the same system that his daughter has been thrust into. It's not great. She's stuck in this children's home and all this kind of stuff, which is no fun. But she's also – it's better than it was. There's been progress. I, th- I do like that she wasn't demonised. Yeah, yeah, all of his other, all the other people who were ruining his life were all demonized. Like that judge was bad at her job, man. Like we respect the fact that you lost your wife, but I, now I'm going to tell you all of the terrible things that we're going to do to you. Right? I actually thought that judge was fine. I feel no, like that's what would happen. I don't because I, I again, it might just be that the court scene was too condensed, so like she had to get all of the information out too quickly. Yeah, and also there was no kind of understanding of. Like giving him a moment or any of that sort of thing. Yeah, well, that would really have helped with the problem that they then had, where he tried to beat everybody up. Like if they had just let him hug his daughter for a few more minutes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I I, I thought that as well. I thought in real life they probably would have been a bit more compassionate. Yeah, exactly. And I just think that that's the thing about his downfall is that every step along the way. I mean, it makes sense with Fifty Cent's character because he was screwing him over the whole time. He just never knew about it. Right. Um. Especially. Oh God, that scene where he gets. Um, Billy to sign the contract. Mm-hmm. God, that was good. Mm-hmm. That was so good. And it was shot really well because he was all washed out in the sunlight and he mm-hmm. didn't know what was going on and everything was hazy. Yeah. Um, uh, and you and you really saw how the wife had been keeping his career on track and she'd been his real manager even though there were other people who claimed the title. Yeah. And I kind of like um, – uh, this is a trend I like in a lot of movies, but when really bright light is bad and like mm. the darkness and the shadows and stuff are good, mm-hmm. it's an interesting kind of fun twist on things. Well, yeah, um, like and this movie kind of had that a bit. Like when he, gym, yeah, yeah, when he goes to get the job and he's hovering in the doorway and the shadow of the door is always on his face. Mm. I liked that a lot. That was really nicely shot. Mm. Yeah, he never seemed to fit in in the, the big fancy house, and he really fit in when he was back in the gym and back in the like back at the streets. There's something with that condensed timeline and the cartoonishness of the bad guys against him and stuff. There's something almost like a children's movie about this that kind of, I think that's why it rankled. It is very simplistic. Yeah. I think um, I think the reason it's so good is because it really knows what it's doing and it knows how to tell the story, but it's doing it at a very simple level. 
And I do like a simple story that's well told, but it's it's not simple, it's simplified. Like it's too kind of these yeah, are bad there's people, no nuance. these are good people. Yeah. We don't like these guys. We do like like the judge is also somebody who's just doing their job and maybe some of the people who are just doing their job would not be very good, but why are all of them? Yeah. And 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 you're right. Like not it wouldn't all happen so quickly. It would happen, but it, it, I think in real life there would be more nuance to it. It would happen slower. It would happen more uh, – it would be less dramatic. But, of course, that doesn't make for an exciting movie. I feel like this should have taken co- place over the course of a year, right? I, so I, I, wins think, that, I feel like two years, but yes. But if it was a year, he wins that title fight, right, that, that we see him win at the beginning. Yep. Then his wife dies a couple months later. His daughter's, or a few months later, his daughter is taken away mm. because of repeated incidents. Yeah, <laughs> you know, people keep talking to him about it, and he keeps ignoring them, and he's too yeah. angry and stuff. Mm-hmm. Eventually, his daughter and all this stuff is taken away. Not yeah. like a month after his wife dies. It's insane. No, and then you know, a couple months later, then like he's had a few. She's been in in the home for a few months, and, and she's and starting to pull away. And, stru- yeah. Exactly, like just stretching this out over a year and then a year later he has to fight that same title match mm. but it's against Miguel Escobar this time and that would be kind of like a that would close it off nicely yeah right and it brings it back to the beginning I don't know much about boxing but it seems to me that title fights only happen like once a year at most mm. like they don't it's not like they they keep they want him to fight like three in a year or he oh we're going to do this in six weeks and just in eight weeks from what I know about boxing, there's months worth of notice on a title fight. Mm. And, like, it's a really big deal. And they train for months. You don't get ready for a title fight in six weeks. No, but, I mean, that was kind of the point of that title fight that, mm. that 50 Cent was kind of trying to screw him over. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, just because the rest of the movie had been co- so condensed, that doesn't have any effect. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, six me- weeks must be normal in this world. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas if it had been just just a bit longer... Yeah, I wouldn't have had that total kind of break in my suspension of disbelief mm. that happened. And that was very frustrating for me. Um, there's also, um, I'm positive that the scene where he has the car crash yeah. was different in the in the original movie or they cut a scene that was earlier where he was right, drunk. Right, because you've seen the trailer, but I haven't. Right. Yeah. And in the trailer, there's a scene where he comes home and he's stumbling around and his daughter has to help him and she's freaking out a little and they talk. Yeah. But in this one, he's just unconscious on the ground and she comes to get and him. And that would have that would have also escalated the obvious danger to the kid. And yeah. I, and they, they I don't know, they cut it for time or whatever. I actually don't – it ran two hours but it didn't feel long to me. I would yeah. Been, I would have been okay with a couple of extra scenes. And they could have really cut down a bit of some of the later gym scenes. I felt like they went the on – The muscle montage. Just, yeah. Just a little bit too long. Like they were good. I liked them. Yeah. But yeah. I thought maybe cutting down a little bit on that and, and mm. focusing a little bit more on that why she was taken away because it's just too – Sudden, Quick. Yeah. And it's too sudden that he's all they're, – they're like, I love you, I love you all the time, and then it's suddenly I hate you, you know. It's very, mm. very quick. So, yeah. And I think that's like – it kind of held me back on the emotion of it a little bit. Yeah. Because I was like, <laughs> so fast. It um, was fast. And it just was really intense. I, I felt really like mm. drawn in by it all because I was so horrified by what was going on for everybody. And that th- that is, I think, really dependent on those performances that were so good. Mm. Um, Forrest Whitaker, I think, is also. I like that he's not just this like perfect guru man. No, like the black magical what is black it? 
Yeah. And the, yeah, what if, I know what you're talking about. That's a trope we put in the show notes because I can't remember it. The Morgan but, Freeman role. Yeah, yeah. The, he's not at all. Like, he, he sets these rules for his boxes that he doesn't keep. Speaking of Morgan Freeman, I was also thinking about how women are punished in boxing movies for wanting to do boxing while men get the redemption stories. Yeah, well, exactly. Million Dollar Baby. God. Which is like a good movie, but whoa. Yeah, exactly. She's punished. Much for- like um, although it totally makes me want to box. Million Dollar Baby made me want to learn boxing. It finally, I find when I first saw that movie, I finally understood the skill involved in boxing. Mm. And then I came out of this one going, I should do a boxing class. <laughs> anyway, now I should be honest. A- I haven't actually seen all of Million Dollar Baby. I've seen the first couple scenes oh boy. and the end of it. Oh, okay, so you basically know what goes on. I, I know what happens um, very well, but I, I haven't seen the middle part where she actually gets to do boxing, which is awesome. The but there is there are other, like this girl fight, which is Michelle Rodriguez boxing film, which I haven't seen. But I feel like I think that's an indie movie, and again, I haven't seen it. I saw a bit of it once, and I feel like it's a similar thing where she gets to win, but she has to lose something. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's kind of a theme. In, yeah, and that's disturbing. because. And then where are the black male boxing movies? Yeah. Well, where are exactly. the Latino hero well, boxing and movies? Because in real life, boxing's really big thing for those groups. I, I, I can't speak for American no, – I don't know much about America, but I know in Australia among Aboriginal communities in the inner city – Boxing is a huge thing. It's it's a huge deal for young men in the community. It help pulls them out of poverty. It gives them community. It gives them something to work for. Like it's definitely a black man's story. Yeah, and and I think it's probably important that that stuff is told. But there are also, I mean, there are also women for whom boxing is a really important thing. It pulls them out of whatever they've been doing. And for women, it's a different kind of thing because for women, learning to box is more about. In learning your own power, learning your own strength, and all that kind of stuff. I don't as know. Well I think there's the, definitely an empowerment thing, especially for like they well, show that right. through Hoppy as well. Yeah, exactly. Movie. That's what I mean. The, it's for for inner city men and inner city black men, inner city Latino men, because well, the top boxes, as far as I know, are all black and Latino, right? And so it's it is an empowerment thing for men, but there's definitely I think an equivalent story for women, and there are sure as hell women boxers mm. who are out there. I think there's there's value in those stories too. I should see Girl Fight because I really like Michelle Rodriguez. I, I should too. And also I like boxing. Um, one thing, I don't really like boxing, to be honest. I like boxing movies maybe. <laughs> I, I, don't, I like I the don't training. Really, to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of them. Like just watching people beat each other up as like that's the whole point of what they're doing yeah. rather than like they're trying to beat each other up so that they can save the world. Yeah. That's kind of so what. So I think of boxing, I, it was weird, but the, the parallel I drew while I was watching this is boxing as a sport and pole dancing as a sport. I know that sounds weird, <laughs> but the sport is different from the stripping aspect of it. And there's like a, a – but but anyway, they've both got to do with like athleticism and discipline and learning a sport and those those sorts of things. And I think there's – I can separate my sort of disgust at violence or my disgust at like certain – objectifying behaviours from the sport and the people who do it. I don't know. Well, that's one of the things I actually really liked about this movie, which is that at the beginning of the movie, there's something about like Billy Hope is beating people up and he is angry and he is good and he is Mm. like really super aggressive. And then that is seen as bad by the movie. And I Mm. think that is so neat. Yeah. The important part of his training and his reinvention is that he learns to defend himself. Not just to defend himself, but to fight for points and to fight for the sport and to fight for something like for his daughter and, and because it is a sport and not because he wants to get out some kind of aggression that he's yeah. built up 
through these years of, you know, his history. And that is what I really liked about the movie is that I feel like it's directly challenging toxic masculinity Mm. culture. Yeah, because a lot of people will say when you talk about boxing, oh, you must do that to get some kind of anger out, to get your frustration out. That's the wrong reason to box. And that's why Billy was boxing and that's why Miguel was boxing and that's kind of why he loses. And boxing can be a way of channeling anger more healthily, but it usually isn't. And in fact, you it's a problem when that's well, the case. It's okay. Like they show people like um, they show Forrest Whitaker beating up the the bag, mm. and like that's a good way to get your anger out. But taking it out on another person isn't. There's there's mm. a lot of really nice work with that kind of nuance. That kind of nuance, exactly. Mm. And I thought that was probably my favorite part of the movie. To be yeah, honest, yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, I was so proud of the way that the movie was about becoming calm in the fight and not being about taking your aggression out on another person mm. but being about being good at a sport yeah that was a that was i think my favorite part of the movie apart from the father daughter relationship yeah yeah no i agree and the like two times Jake Gyllenhaal smiled um <laughs> I was waiting for that. I just really like oh, it when he smiles. I like know. if this was a Chris Pine movie and he was getting beaten up all the time, maybe I would like that more. You know what's funny? I cannot imagine Chris Pine doing this role. Jake Gyllenhaal, he's like, you know, middle class, artsy. He's as actory as they come. But he, I don't, I never in this movie feel like he's talking down mm. to his character I never feel like he disrespects the man that he's playing. I just don't think Chris Pine's had his opportunity to do something yeah, like this. I'm yeah. pro- you're probably right. Because he's been in such terrible movies. So, like, he just he makes bad choices. Yeah. Jack Hall so, has made much better yeah, choices, there are, apart there are from certain, Prince of Persia, even yeah. if he was really pretty in that. There are certain movies, though, where you do get, like, actory types, mm. you know, middle-class social. Oh, God. Conserv- Behind so, the candelabra. Yeah. Exactly. Socially progressive types who think they're being so progressive and important and, you know, but they what they're really doing is being condescending. Yeah. And, and this could have gone that way, particularly, you know, with, with the white actor in the lead or someone who didn't really understand it, but he, I never get that feeling from him. Yeah, we'll have to see how the Danish girl goes too. Yeah, um, yeah but I mean, that's yeah. I think that's something that Southpaw though handles very well. There's no, it but nobody's going to be talking about this. No, I it doesn't. Think. But it doesn't. I look just down on boxing culture, and I think that's. I guess I don't really know the culture, but I certainly didn't feel like it was disrespectful. Yeah, I think though that Southpaw is not going to be a movie that people remember. No, and I think no. it's it's Even lacking us. that thing that Rocky has, and that even though I haven't seen it, Raging Bull has. That there's like it's lacking this kind of spark that would elevate it to the next level, larger cultural importance. And I don't know if that's just because it had kind of a troubled birth, I guess, yeah, kind of a troubled inception and getting it out there and stuff. Yeah, um, I don't know what it is, but it's just lacking that that magic. Maybe it is the oversimplification, but then Rocky's very simple, Mm. but it's so inspirational. And Southpaw doesn't get to that kind of level of inspiration either. And it feels like a really good movie, but it is. And it feels so much more genuine, and yet it lacks something that's going to make it get to that next level. I think it's never going to be really sad because everyone's giving their all in it, and and it, it looks amazing. It's I don't think well, it's going to go down as a is good, but bad movie. I just don't yeah, think it's going to be not remembered. Gonna be classic. And the thing is, comparing it to Nightcrawler, which I actually feel like kind of looks a bit like this. Yeah, oh, it's, I think it's got quite a bit in common with Nightcrawler. Yeah, Nightcrawler is so much better to me. And I think it's because Nightcrawler, like, 
tackles its message so head on and is so kind of creepily realistic. And Jake Gyllenhaal gives his all in both movies, but because he's going so against type in Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, I can't say enough good things about right now for the fact that it was so overlooked and Mm. nobody seems to remember it. It's just odd. He never got the praise that he deserved for Brokeback Mountain either. No. Heath Ledger got all of that praise and Jake Gyllenhaal was just as good. I'm not trying to speak ill of Heath Ledger, but Jake Gyllenhaal was just as good in that movie as I Heath Ledger I never was. allow you to speak ill of Heath Ledger, don't worry. But they were both amazing in that movie. And he got no attention for it. Like, I don't know, I guess I have pet actors that I particularly like that I feel like get a raw deal. Which is why I took you along to see this. <laughs> I was like, I know she had things to say because it's Jake. Yeah, so I've been really kind of watching him from the start or from early that I've been following his career. Yeah, I've seen a lot of his stuff too because of you mostly. <laughs> um, she, me, I get these pet actors, Jake Gyllenhaal She, re- she really does and she picks people before they become big as well. She's, you're good at that. Um, Should we wrap up? Yeah. What are you giving Southpaw? Um, Southpaw, uh, I'll give it three stars. I'm going to give it four because I actually really enjoyed it. Okay, so thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to read our show notes, you can find them on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of Southpaw and of all the other movies she watches, they're on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. If you want to find us on social media, we're on Twitter at screen underscore queens, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens, and Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. And thank you, everybody, who has been reviewing us on iTunes and suggesting movies. We are working our way through those. Um, some Samurai Cop, I watched it, Guy. I watched it. It is terrible. Interesting, interesting films, and we will be getting around to reviewing those in a few weeks' time for you. Um, but thank you very much for um, leaving us reviews on iTunes. That really helps us a lot. So if you... If you want to keep reviewing us on rating us on iTunes and giving us movies, we're more than happy to, to watch them. We always like new movies. So thank you guys for all of that. And um, thank you very much for listening. Bye. See you next time.